always hated this damn interlude. You never liked this interlude, bro? No, it sounds like almost blood chasing Bugs Bunny. Stupid. Anyway, this is the Illogical Sense Podcast, episode 5. The whole gang is back. Cinco, what up, man? JC, no, how the heck? What's cracking, man? And Ivana Mama's here. And if that music sounds very familiar to you, that is the interlude from Watch the Throne, because next week will be the five-year anniversary of Watch the Throne, the collaboration album between Jay-Z and Kanye West. So today, so hard. Bar so hard, motherfuckers can't find me. You feel me? But uh, before we get into all that, how was training camp? It's cool. Cool? I got darker. As dark as me? Nah, that's charcoal, but I got darker. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. That's funny. It's it's cool. Um, Practice is going good. Fans have been showing enthusiasm and excitement. The food's always nice. Food's always nice? Yeah. I got a disc bulge, though, in my back. How the hell that happened? I don't know. It's like pressure over time, and it was like I had pain all down my left side one day, and I went to go see the trainers, and they were able to pop my pelvis back in place, Mm. and then I found a Groupon for a chiropractor for 39 bucks, and you get three uh, treatments. Uh Yeah. And they went through, and they did the x-rays, and they were like, hey, you got a disc bulge. Did you have one before? And I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, well... You don't seem to be functioning too bad, so it may not be as bad as 2014, but we're going to get x-rays, we're going to compare, and then they compared it, and they're like, yeah, it's not as bad, you can still pretty much maneuver and all that, but we're going to get it straightened out for you, mm. so I was like, all right, but as a result, shout out to Nana and Chris and Brennan, because I don't have to carry my equipment to the <laughs> the lifts anymore, they got <laughs> me covered, so appreciate y'all. Feel it. Nice. Feel it. So, um, what news do we have to uh, talk about before we get into the shit? Uh, oh, Game of 50 Cent. Oh, yeah, I saw that shit earlier. Finally spoke after 11 years. So they squashed the beef? I don't know if it's squashed, know. but the Maybe fact that old... they finally talked, I like that. It's long overdue. There's needed to be some kind of dialogue. Yeah. The game has been wanting to do that for a minute, though. He it's always been. been 50 Cent that is. That has a grudge to fucking exactly. hold and shit like that. And you know, maybe it's too little too late because, you know, that shit passed. Game's doing what he has to do. You know, it is what it maybe is. Maybe if it ends good, maybe uh, we'll see Game in season four of Power. Shit. <laughs> Think about that, that for a second. I can see that. Maybe. Think about it. If his cousin, if she makes it past season three What's and uh, they need some real, to call some real help and get a West Coast cousin to come out and take down Ghost. Stupid. Think about the ideas, man. Anyway, speaking of power. What did y'all think of this last week's episode? It was awesome. Fucking jukebox, bruh. Did you watch Power on Stars or Showtime? I did. Stars. I heard what happened. watched it. You heard it? I heard what happened. I'm so lucky I wasn't here because I would have been giving you so much judgment without saying anything. Dude, just hearing, imagine hearing that story twice, bruh. But no, I'm already going to make a prediction. Jukebox is going to kill Angie. Yeah. No. Uh, She's a cop. Is Angie. it Jukebox or Juice Box? It's Jukebox. Okay. Yeah, that's a chick from freaking Dreamgirls, by the way. Okay, I think she's gonna kill Holly first. You know, Holly goes. I think. I think. What's his name? Tommy might kill her. No, it was Holly gonna do something stupid, like not listen to Tommy when he says, "Don't go there. I got it covered." And she's gonna do it anyways, and then Jukebox gonna be there. Now you got two funerals because they're gonna find out. (laughs) And think of it this way: she's probably not gonna tell him that she's pregnant. He's gonna find out after she's dead that she's pregnant. Probably, yeah, I could see that. Oh yeah, and shout out to Tasha for trying to get her kid back in school. How she got her kid back to school—that was the biggest finesse ever. Black excellence. Black excellence, at its pure form. So speaking of black excellence, let's dive into this. 
So, where should we start this off? Like, how did this all start? Because you're the history give buff. Him a, give him a rundown history. Uh, okay. Well, Watch the Throne came from the idea of Kanye, because Kanye was writing high off My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and I remember he went on Twitter, and he pretty much just said, yeah, I'm, I'm working on my album, and after that, I'm going to drop an EP with Jay-Z called Watch the Throne. And, you know, back then, when everyone everyone saw that, they were like, what? Really? Okay. But back then, everyone was always trying to make albums going like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do an album with this person. I'm doing a project with this person. Like, J. Cole and Kendrick, we're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everyone was always waiting for it, but no one think it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, when the track started popping up, because I remember when, what, what were the tracks that came out for Good Fridays? Ham was, was the first one that dropped. No, 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 no. I'm talking going back. It was Soul Appalled, then it was the Power Remix. It was the Power Remix, Monster, Soul Appalled, and The Joy. Those were Good Friday tracks. And those tracks ended up on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. But Ham was the first but one. Ham that... was the first, like, you know, big ass single that popped up and shit like that. And everyone was like, oh shit, it's happening. And then after that, like, it got quiet. Because, you know, the response wasn't that good. And then slowly but surely, like, you know, stuff started coming out and shit like that. And I remember when Otis dropped, everyone was like, oh, my God. Like, I remember when Flex was dropping them bombs on it and shit like that. And just how Hove and Ye were just going back and forth and shit like this that. This is the hottest song on the radio right the now. Hottest song on the radio right now. <laughs> I'm talking to you, New York. <laughs> You do not sound like a New York. New York. That's how you sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blasting off. Oh, it's Tim Westwood. Terrible bombs and... Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that flex by... by fle- that flex. That flex. Funk? By funk flex. flex. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that rant. But back to Watch the Throne, I just remember when the album was building up, it was just so much anticipation because... This was before, like, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter was just popping off. So they were just keeping it very under wraps. I just remember, like, they had, like, the little album listening sessions, and that was on lockdown. And even, like, the Planetarian, um, what was it, Planetarian listening session with, like, a bunch of tastemakers and Kanye and Hove, that was on lockdown. Like, everything was on lockdown because the album did not leak at all. Maybe, like, maybe, like, the snippets came out, but... Online, everybody was losing their damn minds. And then the album came, and everyone lost their damn minds. It was like the first time on social media where it was just one big project, and the whole world came together just to listen to it. And it was a moment, even like the tour. <laughs> I remember I actually bought, now when, when the tickets went on sale, I not only bought the album, I bought the tickets with the same shit. And, you know, it was a moment in time that will never be forgotten, so... You know, that's Watch It Done. It's been five years and we're still talking about it. Because I remember people saying, oh, it's not a classic. It's not, it's just overrated. You know, it's just little hipster niggas and shit. But I can listen to that album right now because I came up with this idea. I was like re-listening to it. I'm going, damn, this shit's still in fucking knocks. Even to this day, it still knocks all the way through except for like one track. But yeah, Frank Ocean on it. Yeah, Frank Ocean. Shit. Well, should we talk about Frank Ocean? We should just wait. Okay, then. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what's your memories of it, JC? Uh, when it first dropped, I didn't necessarily, for people to think that they it's overrated, you <laughs> said hipster talk, um, looking back on it, I still don't know if I would consider it a classic, just because there are some down, really down points in between as the album goes. Yeah, we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta do this track by track yeah. breakdown so we can really discuss but it. But I agree with what you said, I can still run it through 
top to bottom and still be pretty pleased with it. Mm-hmm. it great project. Because it was like the first time two like rap titans, Jay-Z, who's like the biggest rapper out there right now, and Kanye West, he yeah, just established himself as one of the greatest, so they finally just... Yeah, because there's, there's been collaborative albums in the past before. I mean, the biggest one up to that point was when Method Man and Red Man came together. But, but commercially, they weren't... Nobody yeah. saw them as, you know, and you can't you can't, you can't doubt that. Eminem and Royce though with Bad Meets Evil well, too. Yeah, but nobody saw you know Eminem's track record. Nobody was looking at Royce that same way as a solo artist. Same way, yeah, true. So and it was similar with Method Man, Red Man. Everybody recognized them as, you know, pioneers that influenced the nineties era. And it was more so just about cool. Like when this album came together, there were some standards that needed to be met as far as people were concerned. It wasn't just too guys coming together to make a, a record it was mm-hmm. guys coming together okay now we gotta you know we gotta see some numbers for this because for real you know you're talking about jay-z who you know had pretty much was you know aside from eminem was running hip-hop from 96 all the way to 2003 2004 before black album or whatever yeah before he retired yeah and then you had kanye who pretty much took took the, the baton, baton and then ran with it from the time he quote-unquote retired and so then... Kanye never retired. No, when Jay-Z retired. Oh, okay. Yeah, true. Um, so from that aspect, yeah, this is something that was monumental, like you said. It, it was a moment yeah. in hip-hop history. You, it doesn't, didn't matter how you felt about them individually. Mm-hmm. You you had to recognize this was something big. And in my opinion, they delivered. Of course. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really big. Um, it's like little brother and big brother come mm-hmm. together and, and make a great album. And I was really excited for the... For the um, the show, oh, so yeah. I was working at uh, KME all the time. I was interning, and uh, we usually don't. Uh, we're usually not able to watch the shows. We have to take t- take pictures of people oh, and yeah. do all yeah. the stuff yeah. and put up signs and everything. But I remember that concert in particular. We got everything done, and we were able to enjoy the show, and uh, that was great. It you know they had the whole dope set up with the two uh, the two cute, cube things and they were both on it and it was just it I'll was never, an experience. I'll never forget how that show started when you saw the complete difference of Jay-Z and Kanye. Like, I remember when the show started, you know, you saw one pillar on one side. You saw Jay-Z just calmly walk up up there just because he, he, they were already deep into the show. They only had like a few stops left. So Hove just kind of just calmly walked up there like, all right, let's get this money. You know, just hella calm. <laughs> and then on the other side, you see Kanye just pacing around the freaking platform <laughs> like a damn madman. <laughs> and it was just like, you saw the complete opposite. Like, he was literally just pacing around it, like, walking around it. Like, Kanye he was, has so much goddamn energy. Like, he was, they were a great yin and yang. Yeah, They're they really were. They really were. And I was just like, and then as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, it's about to be fucking lit. It was like, that whole concert, it was three hours. There was no opening act. They went through hit after hit after hit Man. and it got to the point where i forgot each other was there like i see hove up there i'm like yeah and then kanye will come in, like oh yeah that nigga's here and i'll be on <laughs> so engaged in kanye i'm like oh yeah i forgot hove was here and then they'll both be on stage i'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you know like the album it just it's amazing to me it's still amazing to this day i still like i still i went out and actually i bought the tickets bought the digital copy because it came with the tickets and then I went out and actually bought the actual physical copy. Like, I have the physical copy right in Touching my hands. right now. Yeah. I told every... See, this is why I like buying physicals. It was like yeah. the way Kanye just constructed it. It actually feels like a gold, you know, chest or some shit. You know, everything about Piece the album. Piece of art. Piece of art. That's what it was. I still have the digital copy. So. Well, you need to buy the physical dog. Well, I don't yeah. know if it's out there no more, but... I can look at it all through... 
Yeah, it's not the what same. You can't have it in your hands, bruh. Which means nobody can take it away from me. Speaking of that, didn't Kanye just do a, a interview talking about that? What? Like the digital, I mean the... the I saw the Kanye no had an interview. This. You didn't... I, I saw it. I just didn't listen to it. Because I know he wasn't talking about anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I do like... What was he talking about? If we can briefly... Oh, my God. No, I don't want to get into that. Okay. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we just dive into the album, I guess? Yeah. Well, the start. first track... Track number one. Was... No Church in the Wild. No Church in the Wild featuring Frank Ocean riding high off Nostalgia Ultra and shit like that. So, what was your what's your thoughts on that to track? To me, that is still a classic record. Yeah, the beat sounds like you can just play that anywhere. As soon as it starts off, your it, your attention's already bought in. Yeah, I don't care. Like I, get, like I mentioned earlier, I don't care if you hated them as solo acts and hated this idea. Mm-hmm. The first the on the da- the first downbeat. Yeah, your attention you can't look away anymore. Like you have to look. And then Frank comes in. I was so amazed that with this caliber, they let Frank be the first voice. Yeah, they won't hear it. But yeah, like, of course, like, just how you heard that track, just like, oh, okay. And so you're expecting one to rap, and then all of a sudden. Human beings in the mouth. And you're like, oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. And they actually hear what the Frank's saying, and then you're like, wait, okay. Now, and I remember this dude was, he didn't even drop his first album yet. He just came off a mixtape. Yeah. Nostalgia Ultra, which is still a classic, by the way. You know, Frank Ocean is, is returning, but we're going to talk about that later. But, um, yeah, that whole, yeah, that that's the hook and everything was just dope, especially how they both came. It was like an interesting way to open up the album because you thought it was going to be some, ah, like, yeah. but it just kind of just, it had to, you got to, you got to, you got to ease your way in. You got to put the tip in. You got to just ease it all the you way in. You expected it to be something like ham. Yeah. You expected No Church in the Wild to be something reflective of ham, but then you get it and then you start realizing Nah, this fits perfectly for what they're trying to do. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, you know, but that was that was a really great opening, and then we go. And then it, it, for me, it went. And then after that, I, like I said, I hate that damn interlude. I don't. It's cartoonish. No, then it goes. I didn't like the interlude, and then it led into liftoff. And Beyonce. And that that was supposed to be. I remember originally that was supposed to be the 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 first. Um, it was supposed to be the first single. It was rumored, and Bruno Mars was on it. I mean, he he's still credited on it. If you still look at it, he's credited on it. And it was like, and when I heard it, I was like, this song is okay. it was just okay. Yeah. And it was just like, can you imagine they would have had that as the first single, though? Because kind of, oh, that was whole. It's not as bad as I thought it was five years ago, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's like a good studio record you can listen to. They, they clearly did that for Mrs. Carter. Yeah, it was, it was more of her track. You know, Jay-Z just wanted to put Beyonce on, but if Bruno Mars was going to be on it, I don't know how that was going to sound. You know, well, let's skip that. And then after that, it goes into the... That, the oh, one man. that shut down 2011. No, that's because they played the fuck out of it. Because I remember when I first heard it, I was like... They performed this, what, 15 times in a row at one point? Yeah, in L.A. And then in Paris, oh, yeah. they... And in San Jose, they only did it three times. Probably because they had a curfew for San Jose. But, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, they, this, record, this record put Hit Boy on the map. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it did. Like, Hit Boy was already having, you know, some, some records, you know, along the way. Mm-hmm. This one really put him on the map. Oh yeah, it did. Like the songs, and then you can hear it anytime, and you can still lose your damn mind. It's oh, just yeah. like, like I mean, what you want, but it doesn't work. Like Hope's verse works. Like his verse works when he performs it by himself. But when Kanye does his, it doesn't work. 
Because I remember when he during the Yeezus, he did his version of um, Niggas in Paris, but he only did his part. And it doesn't sound right. But if Hov does his, it just it just suits it no matter what. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I remember when he did Legends of Summer, everyone was losing their mind. I'm like, uh, and everyone still did it. And then it just ended after the first verse. And I'm like, okay, you're satisfied. You know, but yeah, even when he when he did it in Paris during the on the run tour, it was so that part was amazing. Everyone was losing their damn mind. But the only thing that sucked is Kanye wasn't there. Like you, if Kanye came out, that whole shit would have just imploded. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I kind of wish that tour was like a what's it called a um, stadium tour instead of an arena tour. Can you imagine if that would have been if they did that and then it was kind of like a best of both worlds thing where it was like. Jay's biggest guests were Beyonce, and maybe it was kind of like a mini rock reunion, and then Kanye's guests were the, the good roster, uh-huh. and then it just led up to them performing. Wow! Like if they made that like an all day event type thing, yeah. like a, like a, like, like made in a like the throne like a five, like a five hour event, wow. Man. and like and they only did it. I mean, they probably picked maybe three select cities to do that in. You know how monumental that would have been? That would have been wow. amazing. I just remember the second half of that of Niggas in Paris, how that little boom, yeah. boom, and you are now watching the throne. And that's, in my opinion, I found, I found Niggas in Paris the the appropriate intro for the album. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it, it, then it just puts you in like, okay, and then it goes right into Otis. Mm-hmm. I like how it's Otis featuring video. Otis Redding. Otis Wedding. <laughs> I mean, in peace, Otis Redding. I mean, shit, on Jesus, he put I am a God featuring God. Yeah. So, that, so. I, I remember when he put that, I deleted that. Yeah, you got your black ass mind thinking I'm going to walk around on my phone saying Kanye West featuring God. I am a God. You want God to strike me down? But anyway. I love the video for this. Oh, oh yeah. Jay-Z, whole... like, look, Jay-Z looks so much younger. Too. He was happy. They yeah. looked, He just probably looks found out. He probably found out he um Beyonce was going to have a kid that day. Yeah. It was just like that. You know, and it's like Ivana said, it's just... You watch this video, and if you knew nothing about them, you could just look and say, yeah. they're like little brother and big brother. Mm-hmm. Like, and my big brother took me out to go chop up a Maybach today. Chop up a Maybach and drive around <laughs> like a damn Batmobile. <laughs> like, they were just driving with some females in the hella back. Fun. Hella fun. Hella fun. Hella fun. Just fireworks and Jay-Z going, ha, looking at the kids. Like, and they're driving around having fun. And, I mean, and even they're, they're rapping. Like, they're, like, shoving each other like 99 Hot Boys. Yeah. And, you know, grabbing each other and holding each other, hugging each other and all this and stuff. Like, it's, it's that, just it's awesome That whole see. album was just, that whole video was just black excellence. I'm like, these niggas are just so successful. And they didn't have to do much. Nothing. No. Oh, yeah, what's his name was in that video? Zizi Asari was in that video, too. Hella random. Niggas in Paris and Otis were really so simple in terms of what they did. And it turned out to be the two biggest records Especially when you album. perform it, especially when you, uh, that, when the concert when they play the when they play try a little tenderness with the American flag and then they just come out and flames come out yeah. and shit yeah. like man that that Otis Otis was this shit. and I remember when Flex kept rewinding it over and over again I was just like uh, especially with the Otis scream in the end when he goes ah! yeah. and that one line when they uh, quote is it uh, brothers what is the movie. Oh, that was on Niggas in Paris. Oh, that's on Niggas in Paris. They're in the champagne. Ah! <laughs> and then it goes right into Gotta Have It. I love this song. Well, my only issue with this song is it's two minutes and 20 seconds. It, it was exactly all needed. And I was no, surprised. I, I needed more. <laughs> I was surprised Neptune's produced that. That was like one of Pharrell's like best beats. I did not expect him to produce that. I was like, and it wasn't just Pharrell. It was the Neptunes. So yep. I was like. I suppose like the last beat they did together, kind of, huh? 
I mean, they they Chad's been around here and there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Another thing I would forget about Otis is that Otis was the last solely produced Kanye West yeah. record. He has not produced a song by himself. Either been with Mike Dean, or, either Mike uh, Dean or somebody else. But Otis was the last because he because uh, he literally Baxter. it was his last in a way it was his last soulful beat record. Yeah. But yeah, but gotta have it was just that that uh, wasn't that was dope. Racks on racks on racks, Maybach's on backs on backs on backs on backs. Like yeah, they were kind of alluding to future. That was kind of crazy, you know. But that uh, gotta have it. That was yeah. My again, shit. my only my only issue with this track is it's too damn short. It's too short. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could have been like Beaches Better. That was 56 seconds. Now, that was a fucking crime. <laughs> Fuck you, ho. <laughs> yeah, <was> <laughs> uh, yeah, so be happy you got two minutes of this piffness. So then after Gotta Have It, it goes right into New Day. I'm, New Day? I'm conflicted with this one, man. I'm so conflicted. Why are you so conflicted? Because the production's amazing. RZA. Their verses are amazing. But... The mixing, I didn't like the mixing. I can't hear Jay's verse. Dude, I've listened to this track. When you told me that, I kept listening. I can hear his vo- his verse perfectly. I have a different ear because my ear's somewhat trained to hear from a studio standpoint just because of my background. So I hear his verse and it's like, I get what he's, what's coming out. But the sample, it's like clouding what he says as far as his pronunciation. See? Interrupts him. I can't get that sample out of my head when he's rapping. Yeah, but the whole song itself is kind of—it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing, but it's—it's kind of interesting because they both did the songs talking about their like their unborn sons, but then it turns out they both get daughters first. (laughs) Well, Kanye's happy he got his kids, so he could go like, "Ha ha!" (laughs) This song kind of relates to me now, not you, you know. But plus, you know, Hov's a saint is baby yay. I'm worried about, about, about him. him, you know, and Hove, you know, he's big pimping, so you know, he can't even sing that song no more. Like I remember <laughs> I remember when Nas said like the biggest players of pimps in the world, they end up and have precious little girls, and Hove did big pimping and he has a little girl. So womp womp. <laughs> why do you think it's not like it's a bad I don't know. Thing I don't know why I said that. <laughs> well, I don't know. But anyway, New Day New Day is called cool. New Day. Well, you know Nori and Blue could Form a, one of the dopest rap groups. <laughs> this is this this is this is my favorite one. That's my bitch. I love this song. And Q-Tip did that shit, right? Q-Tip it? and Jeff uh, Basker. Yeah, that's Q-Tip shit. So, but yeah, I remember when I I remember when it first leaked. I was like, this is this is a dope song. Yep. <laughs> I love this song. Yeah, especially how yeah, Justin Vernon on there. Oh yeah, do you know what he's saying? Nah, but I, at first, the first time I heard it, I thought it was uh, Charlie Wilson. Probably was. <laughs> Let's see if I can hear it. I think I got it right here, actually. Oh yeah, I got it. Oh shit, I got the lyrics on here. Uh, it goes swim till the moat till morning. I'm yearning. He says like, I'm yearning. Yay. Yeah, that's why I thought it was Charlie. And he Wilson. says. Could I get a little dab of your potion? Oh, that's what he says. Slow motion. Okay. That's why I thought it was... uh... It probably was Charlie Wilson. He just wasn't credited. Uh Yeah. I also like Hove's other verse where he talks about all the black princes of the... Like all the black females Mm -hmm. that that we need to look at and shit. Back to my Beyonce's. You know. But yeah, that's my bitch. That's my shit. And then Welcome to the Jungle, featuring Swizzbee. What do you think of this record? Nah. 
What do you think of the record? Y'all didn't like. I just like Hope's verse because you know he was just spitting his ass off. That's one thing people don't really talk about on the record is Kanye kind of kind of took a back seat. He just kind of focused on the production and he just let Hove just rap his ass off. That's the me, whole album. Kanye Kanye stole the first half of the album. In what way? Rapping. Rapping? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You felt he had the better verse on Niggas in Paris? I feel like Otis. But they went back and forth though. Well, it didn't matter if they were going back and forth. I just feel like he, what he brought to the table was just, it outweighed Jay just a little bit. Even on New Day? Yeah. Sorry. What the fuck? They changed Instagram. I was going to talk about it. Uh, what do you know? She's on social media. <laughs> 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 they changed the whole shit. <laughs> see, not even watch the throne. Not even watch the throne. <laughs> no, I was on watch the throne. No, I was trying no. to see how you, uh, is that Apple Music where you can see the lyrics on there? Oh, oh no, I just I oh I put that on there like how do you long, put that on there? It was on iTunes. I'll show you later. Okay. And you yeah. got I have genius too. Yeah. But um yeah, but welcome to the jungle. Just, it was memorable to me. Yeah, it I, was memorable to me. I, I've always respected Swiss as a producer. I, a lot of his production, it just goes through one ear, not the other. With me. Mm, I just say it's not to say he's a bad producer because he's far from a bad producer. He's a phenomenal producer. It's just a lot of stuff he makes. It just, it, for whatever reason, it doesn't connect with me. Uh, I just, I just like what Hov was spitting. How he was kind of rapping from a different perspective, like being depressed, and how he was kind of taking little, mo- like little instances from other like artists, like from Michael to Eminem's "Lose Yourself." He's like, I was like, I'm, I'm stuck in the moment. I'm still looking in the mirror, and I was just like, Oh, lose yourself. And he said, See, look at this, my only opponent. Like, I don't know. I just like what Hov, how Hov was spitting. He was spitting his ass off on that, but that's just me. Anyway, welcome to the jungle. That's dope. Now, who gonna stop me? Die, die, I was surprised die. how much I liked this song. That song, the first half I was whatever, but that second half, though, yeah. the way Jay-Z still managed to stay on beat or keep his flow while Kanye was just, like, smashing the freaking... Yeah. <laughs> smashing the freaking, like... Hold up. I just want to hear it. And then he's just like, and it was just like he was just pushing buttons. Like Kanye was just like smashing the buttons, like rap nigga, rap nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and hope like, what are you doing, Yay? Like, I, 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 okay, back to What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> hey yo, Yay! Stop that foolishness, Yay! Stop that foolishness, Yay! <laughs> You know, but I just loved how. Cause I remember I ran that shit back hella time. That was the first time I ever like ran a whole, a whole whole verse all the way back to say he really stayed in beat like on some EDM shit. I was like, that's he's a talented motherfucker. You know, but who gonna stop me? That's my shit. That that was my shit. And then after that, it goes into murder to excellence. People scream murder. Yeah, that was I love. Who bloody, produced bloody that? Murder. It was Swiss Beats, and then it was who was D one C one. S1, symbolic. S1, symbolic one. Yeah, that that was kind of pretty. That that whole track was pretty dope, especially the second half with excellence. Mm-hmm. That you know that. Like murder. Kid Cudi's pen game is nice. It shines through this song because he's. What he wrote for Ye for this verse? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it say is is this, is it shit on there? Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Hmm. Like I, I feel like Kid Cudi, you know, as an artist, song. it's hit or miss. Mm. Whenever it comes to the actual uh, composing of a song, whether he's on it or not, he, sh- he always shines. Oh yeah. Where is he now? 
Um, he's he going might, crazy. He's, <laughs> he's doing his own thing, but I mean, he's still good affiliated. Like he's, he's, it's pretty much how he has a love. Stuff. He has a love hate relationship with Ye. Pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty much like you leave home and start your own life, but you still gotta go back for Sunday night dinner. Right. Same thing. <laughs> What's up to Will? Shout out to O. Like I just love how like that whole song. I use I always listen to the second half because it's like hella showcases what Black Excellence is. Like this, it kind of certifies. It kind it, the album could have just ended right here. Well, actually, it could have ended after with Made in America with Frank Ocean yeah, again. So Frank Ocean came back, and I was like, oh, he's back. He's back again. <laughs> he got two features on that album, though. You know, it was funny because you go from. Uh... No church in the wild, and it just sounds like they just dropped him off. <laughs> and then drove by, and then as they're coming back, it's like, oh yeah, you're still like, come on, oh, get back in the car. Here? Oh, I'm just kind of working. All right. I'm working on Channel Orange. Oh, get back to that. Get get in the car. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> sound like hyper. Tyler in the background, like, where the fuck are you going, dog? <laughs> now, what do you think of Made in America? I loved it. Love the track. Well, I'm, okay, we'll, we'll get into this a little later when we talk about Frank. I'm really, I absolutely love everything that Frank Ocean brings as an artist. Oh, yeah. So, kind of brought, you know, life to it. Yeah. What do you think of it? Good. Really good record. Good, okay. Yeah, that was Made in America. I like the track. I thought it was going to be something more in depth. But he's like, yeah, we like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Why I Love You, that was like a great... That's kind of like a song when you have when you have a fallout with a friend and it's almost just like you motherfucker fucking phone. Yeah, turn this shit off. <laughs> well, damn. Well, damn. Well, yeah, I don't want nothing fucking up my mojo, man. But why I love you? That was I like I like that song because it kind of just shows Hove's paranoia and shit like that, especially about his friend and how he's like I've always looked out for you. You know, I still got love for you. Is so. this about Beanie? Part of it. No, he. I think this was about Beanie and then Consequence was talking shit, so it kind of related right. to Kanye too. So it was kind of like, you know, I just remember that song. That whole like you take a hit of acid and then you just start throwing shit all over the place in the house. And this is what you get. Why I love you? Yeah. Are you just so angry? Oh. <laughs> and upset that how the situation goes. So you're like, what? Well, I'm gonna just take this hit real quick and whatever happens happens. And that's what <laughs> Mr. Hudson coming out was like. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I love you so. Like he had two hits of acid. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember when they did the planetarium, like the listening session or whatever, and uh-huh. they said they had like on the screen it was just like shit just blowing up, like worlds blowing up and shit like that. So when I hear this song, I kind of think of that atmosphere, just like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what you think of the song? It was, it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, I mean, towards the end of the album, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, I. I no, I love the whole. Yeah, yeah, of course the yeah, whole thing. Whole. Oh, but okay. At the end, towards the end, I'm like, hey. yeah, I was like, no, okay. That's one reason why I don't consider it a classic. Just, a, just that you don't consider like, rem- but you still we're talking about it five years. No, from but, now. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's still it's a strong record. It's an important record for hip hop. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily. It, there's a lot of records I blast all the time that aren't classic records, but I can still listen to it all the way through. True. But it's like the debate we had a couple months ago when we were talking about what's the difference between a classic record and a flawless record. And can they be one or the other without being the same? True. Mm-hmm. Like okay. to me, to me, this is a as close to a flawless record as possible, just because of they delivered on the hype and mm. actually exceeded it. True. But in terms of just a classic material worth of music, mm-hmm. I, I just want a little bit more from them. Yeah. But then next song, well, after the, after this, the bonus track, after too. after after this, it was like what? It was like thirteen minutes of like silence. Yeah. 
and then like all of a sudden like you, you heard the interlude again like that you all heard from the beginning. This is like so Looney Tunes. But it was kind of just like if you're just listening, you kind of wait and waiting. Like Pink Panther. Yeah, Pink like Panther. I'm sitting here. I'm just sitting here like very quiet. I want to rabbits. Duck season. Rabbit season. Kanye. Jay Z. I'm like wait. I'm like waiting for Bugs Bob. Like. Yeah. What's up, Doc? That should be the that should be the title of this. Yeah. What's up, Doc? What up, Yay? What up, Yay? <laughs> but illest motherfucker alive. This is by far one of the most underrated songs on oh, this yeah. whole and in the whole catalog because they were both rapping on a high caliber, especially Hove's verse. Hove just like floated all over that, and it was just so booming and so like this should have been like the intro to the album in a way, kind of. Or maybe the album. What's crazy to me is that they rode the trap wave. Because this is when the trap music was just starting with Lex mm. uh, Luger and Southside yeah, 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 and yeah. all those guys. But it was more triumphant. It was like a triumph. Yeah, but they, for, like, it was, yeah. it was interesting to hear because they actually rode that. I don't want to necessarily say they rode that wave, but it was starting in the initial parts and everybody was kind of like, mm. all right. And they kind of pushed it to the forefront. Mm. And they just kind of added their own twist, like you said. More, it's not a trap record. It's just triumphant with trap elements. Yeah, I just remember when he said, "He said, um, what was the last part of it that just made me just go like, nigga." <laughs> he's like, when he said, he's like, "Fuck social, this is over, this is real." Like, what the fuck? No, I don't care about the Cardinals, bitch ass niggas. Fuck Jed York. <laughs> oh my god! Any chance you get? <laughs> had nothing to do with the night. Oh, Tyron Matthew. Um, anyway, it had nothing oh, to do with it. Get your money, Tyron Matthew. Get your money, man. And when he said, fuck Sosa, this is Hova, this is real life, this is what the ending of Scarface should feel like. And then you just heard that. And then just, he's real like, oh. You heard Kid Cudi, I want him in a slow motion. And it was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> like, and they never performed that song. I was really expecting Hove to do that. I, I thought that would have been one of Hove's like signature like songs to perform and shit like that. But he yeah. doesn't even perform it. I'm just like, Hove, don't you know this is like a really good verse? Like, what the fuck? Well, maybe you don't remember with your old ass. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I, lo- I love you, Hove. But, ham. Hey, this used to be my intro oh, for... Uh... When we were in the sports debate uh, mm, network, yeah. oh yeah, we used to have uh, blog talk radios. We used to do like three or four shows a week, mm. and I had my own show separately. It was my intro track. Oh, yeah. So what, what was what was your? F- How did I go? How did I go? <laughs> <laughs> she practices that in the shower. You gotta shut up. Anyway, when this track first came out, what was y'all like? This this was initially the first single, so I was like, like oh, yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember, I was at work when I heard, when it leaked, and I was listening to it. And I was just like, eh, because this is when we heard Lex Luthor. What happened to Lex Luthor? Or Lex Luthor? Was it Lex Luthor? Lex, Lex Luthor. He wanted he, <laughs> he wanted to do some different stuff artistically, and so he is left. he still producing? Yeah, but he left 808 Mafia. Uh so remember how Southside was pretty much turned to, it was like a, for lack of a better analogy, it was like a Shaq and Kobe situation, uh, and then Shaq leaves and Southside took over, oh, okay. and then they hit TM88, and then they pretty much 
dive and get like eight other producers and they make up anyway. Yeah, because I remember when he, I was like, they're on this. Because I remember, like, I remember reading somewhere they went through different very versions of the right. album when they were recording it. Right. And this was one of them. And then when this didn't work, they were like, okay, let's put this to the side and just keep recording. Like, I, I was just like, whatever. I thought the song was cool until it gets to, like, the fucking opera shit. Like, what? I yeah, when, that element. When I know Jay, it was cool. When Jay came on, I was like, yeah. I love Jay. Uh, I like, love Jay's version. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But, and then he kind of shot that little shit at Lil Wayne. He's like, you got baby money, niggas yeah. talking? Yeah. 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 And I was just like, ooh, yeah, okay. Yes, Jay-Z. And when it gets to the opera, you know that's all Kanye. Oh, of course, but it, it, it's it's suitable. I, think, I remember Hope said he put it on there because it you know it'd be dope to perform at a concert and shit, which is dope. Because yeah. when you heard that shit, you knew this was this Watch the Throne. They're about mm-hmm. to kill this shit. It was like Kane just came in and just like. Kanye doesn't. He wants it to like be for movies yep. and stadiums. Yeah, he has he has like that stadium stat. He has that yeah. stadium status like mentality, it. you know. And that's when you hear the you hear the whole. And he's just like nigga, you know. Exactly. But then uh, yeah, and after that it goes into my personal favorite, Prime Time, like produced Prime. by No ID. Very underrated track. And I'm gonna say this right here because I because you notice throughout the whole album there was no other rappers on there, just Jay Z and Kanye. On this track, this would have been the perfect track to have Eminem and Nas on. Because if you're gonna have anybody else on there, it has to be those two heavyweights. Because the way that we're and it sounds like a cipher record where they can all just like Hov could open it, Kanye could be in the second, and would be third. Oh, Nas could be third, and M would have closed it out. But I, you know, that was wishful thinking and shit. But yeah, no ID flipped I it. I think they at least could have got Nas. Maybe. Nas, maybe? I think M would have been perfect on it, too. Like, I don't I, think M was in a proper mind state to do. No, it, oh, I mean, when Watch the Throne came out, that's when Relapse, when he was probably still recovering. Man, whatever. It would have been perfect. See? It still would have been perfect. That's just my dream, but that was my favorite. That was, it's like very, very underrated track. And no idea. No, that was like the only No ID track on there. I wish No ID was on it more, but yeah. So what do you think of Primetime? Oh, you dancing, so you liked it. <laughs> but you you like prime time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of. I was always go when I go back to watch the throne. This is one of the main tracks I always go back to. So, you know, it goes. The night is young. What the fuck are we gonna do, huh? And then we go into the joy, the Good Friday record. This I call this like the unofficial like Christmas record. Curtis Mayfield, man. Let me tell you something. Curtis Mayfield is one of my top three composers of all time in any genre. Mm. So anything I saw Curtis Mayfield on here, and I was like, best song on that. Album. But it was a good. It was a good Friday record. <laughs> I didn't care. Oh yeah. It was like Pete Rock, <laughs> Kid Cudi, Curtis Mayfield. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that was one of my favorite records. It was, and it was like the only one where Kanye kind of just took control, and it was, it was a good way to end the yeah. album. Yeah. To really just officially end it, like. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always play this during Christmas. You should, you should do that one day. Like when you have all, when you have like a holiday shuffle, put this in there, and it will just literally flow in there. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I'll be sitting back, and I remember the family was playing. And I had the headphones on, and I'm looking at the Christmas tree, like, oh, this is a good, like, you know, when you're chilling this back. Is a, this is a perfect recap record to close out the album. Pretty much, yeah. You know, but like yeah. it's like going back in a time like when before all the madness started, like. Obviously, this is what 2010, 2011. Yeah. So this is like going back to like 2001, 2002. Yeah. When Kanye's still just trying to get his name out or whatever, and Jay's still riding the wave with them sample tracks, mm-hmm. and they start Kinda forming like, that bond. Almost it's like, like a, it's almost it's like a blueprint almost yeah. from Blueprint. Yeah. You know, but other than that, and after that, it just ends, and then you're just like, okay, that was 
experience an experience mm-hmm. to remember you know so now the legacy of it now there's all these rumblings that they should they're, they're going to do a watch the throne too you think there should be a watch the throne too you want to see a watch the throne too i would like to yeah if they do a watch the throne too i'm not going to be obliged to it i'm not going to like go bash out my way and bash it Mm. You think it w- wouldn't be good? I won't say. It, mean, like, it I was, just think that this was like a once in the moment type once of once in a lifetime mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Okay. It was kind of replicated. Would be because because chasing that. because watch because it was you right. got to remember the hype that shit brought to it. It was just yeah. so much hype, and now we got social media. Now everybody has all eyes on social media right now, and just like they can't hide shit because people be Snapchatting, people right. be tweeting, and they can't. I don't think they can replicate that moment. It came out at a perfect time. It gives perfect. Exactly. It was a perfect timing, and I don't want it to happen. I mean, everyone else wants it because they're just in the hype, but personally, I don't want Watch the Throne, too. They should just leave it as it is and, you know, just leave it alone. Now, there's other people that try to replicate it, and you know we're going to bring them up. <laughs> you going into that right now? Oh, well, yeah, there's like Watch the Throne, too, and then we might as well just go into what Kanye's doing right now, and he's trying to do, he's, he wants to do a collab album with Aubrey. Um... He, I mean, it was, he went. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, the second of August. So last night was OVO was, was the final night of OVO Fest, and Kanye came out. You know, did his thing, and then after that, he kind of asked everyone, "Are you ready for this album? Are you ready for this album?" And Drake came out, and he just said, "Yeah." What he really wants to say is, "Are you ready for an album with, with both of us?" And then social media and blogs were like, "Oh, he announced that they're gonna do an album together." I mean, Kanye's been saying for like the longest time he wants to do a collab album with Drake. You know, he wants to call it Wolves, and he just wants it to happen. And I I don't know how to feel, because Kanye doesn't need it. I mean, if anything, I would rather have a Drake album entirely executive produced by Kanye and 40, you know, and have Kanye produce it like how he did B or something, because he'll probably inspire him. I mean, if Joe Budden can inspire Drake, maybe Kanye could, because Kanye has a tendency to bring the best out of any artist. Even if you're trash, he will find some good aspect of you and just bring the best out of you i mean that's what you did with young thug on highlights um but if this is what it takes to make him keep that drake and gucci main project from dropping then i'm all for this <laughs> i still don't understand his obsession with gucci all of a sudden i really don't he wants and to th- before we get into that i'm a big time like i'm a big time gucci fan i've been that way since uh so icy dropped and then I went to the South for school for a year, and it just nothing was the same after that. <laughs> so to hear him get out of jail, and then all of a sudden that damn road song come off, I was just like, "What the hell is this?" And then you mm-hmm. told me the backstory, like, "Oh yeah, he just shows up at the crib unannounced, like, yeah, I'm here to see, I'm Gucci. here to see Gucci." And all of a sudden, Zayn was just like, "Uh, all right, I guess." And then he said, and he goes up to Gucci and he says, "Hey, let's do a mixtape together." Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean you have to think. So he of, just showed up at his house. He just showed up at his house. You see, he just showed up in Atlanta, showed up at his house. And just said, "Hey, I want let's do a mixtape together." And Gucci was like, "Oh, oh sure." <laughs> <laughs> like he wasn't even out of jail for a week, and he just popped up at his house like a fucking groupie. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to hear that collaboration. And then really, you have, they have nothing in common. And then you know, so did Drake and Future. They had nothing in common. I would rather hear that than this because Future still kind of tries to. Appeal to brings this trap sound, but he hasn't a way to but make that's it mainstream. Why, and that's why I there, never there's like, nothing mainstream about Gucci because I because rem- I remember when people when What a Time to Be Alive dropped and everyone tried to compare it to Watch the Throne and shit. I mean, they even tried to make it like Watch the Throne with the freaking cover art. Remember how they yeah. had, would make it all silver because yeah, because you guys ain't gold like that. Damn. <laughs> oh, 
I mean, in that in that mixtape album, however the fuck you want to call it, that was more of a future album featuring Drake. Yeah. Because yeah. it just didn't sound. It was just, you can hella tell they rushed it together. They do have slappers on there, but it was just like this. And it's like they're trying to make some type of Watch the Throne, but it doesn't work because they're both completely different artists. Future is a freaking trap artist, and Drake is just a pop star. So it just. No, only if if Future wants to do a song with a freaking pop star, he'll do a song with Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus, which he has. So, I don't know. I never like. I mean, I'm not saying I never liked What a Time to Be Alive. It was just the. It was just like the hip hop media was trying to make it into something that it's not. It's I not- feel like. The, uh, <laughs> let's just let's. I'm, I'm not gonna hold back. Let's just call it what it is. I feel like the, all these blogs and these publications they. Just stirred stuff up for no reason. I go on for Twitter clicks. last night, and all of a sudden, Complex drops something. Hey, so can Drake and Kanye make something that's better than Watch the Throne? And it's like they do it for the, you have to do it for the clicks. Exactly. Why would like, you? What? Why would you even? So now, when I'm thinking of this project, if they do go through it, now I'm thinking compare. in the back of my mind, it's not going to compare. So I can't even right. go into it with an open mind. You've now put a, a block Seeing on my mind it. just from seeing that. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm looking at it. Strictly comparing it now to Watch the Throne. Mm -hmm. And if it's not even close to it, the first three tracks, I'm writing it off. Exactly. So I can't even go into it with an open mind at this point. I don't like when people do that. Exactly. I hate clickbait. It's clickbait. Yeah, but just let let it just I know. Celebrate them coming together. They didn't even announce that they're gonna do it. They just asked a question. How would you feel if we did it? And then the media just ran with it. Kanye knew what he was doing. He just wants he probably just wants Drake to finally do it. Which is also why he probably went on Twitter and said that, yeah, this whole title Apple Music stuff is garbage, man. We should just all come together. Just like what? Back in February he was saying he was never, ever, ever gonna put his music. (laughs) Yeah, he was not getting my Taylor Swift on. He was never, I'm never, ever, ever, ever gonna put my music (laughs) on Apple Music. I'm gonna put everything title. And what happened a month later, he puts it all on Apple Music relentlessly and then now he just wants it all to come together because Drake is on Apple he's on Tidal he's the first artist I've known that's turned his album into live software (laughs) of course like it comes with updates updates (laughs) (laughs) you know Life of Pablo but yeah but this Drake Kanye album I I don't know I I can't it's just like they're both two different artists and I like Kanye wants to do it because he he feels it could sound amazing, but I just, I just I feel can't like hear it. I feel like they're in two different places for it. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying when you went in to watch the throne, you knew what Ye you was coming off of. My beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is arguably a classic. His, which is arguably, if you have to pick one album out of his discography, that's probably the one that many will flock to. Mm-hmm. That's the one. And then, and Ho then you have Hole, who was coming off of Blueprint, Blueprint Three, which in you have mixed reviews about it, but he still provided some good music good about music. that. So you already knew what you were going to get with that. So you're basically going into this thinking about how Views and TLOP kind of... Right. Because views, views was just... Because you didn't like it. But well, I didn't say I didn't that, like it. It was just... I like it. I okay. just didn't like it as a collection of songs. A body of work. Right. I didn't like it as the collection of work. And Life of the Pablo. The individual songs, I, there are, I like a good yeah. amount of And Life songs. of Pablo is a mismatched madness of classicness. Yeah. It, it, well, for me, it's... For me, I, I've said this before. I don't get upset when people think it's a classic. I'll be willing to hear that argument because I've had to wrestle with it myself. Mm-hmm. Because it does... It just, I listened to it again when I was filming practice the other day, and I was like, wow, yeah, this is, <laughs> I can still run this all the way through, and I still have a, a very good feeling about it. But it's just, 
lyrically he zones in and out so much. Mm-hmm. You don't know if that's if he's gonna do that for this album. Like he comes with it on Real Friends right. and then you know Saint Pablo, but then he'll reel back. On another track, he's just like rambling. Yeah, he's, he's not saying anything. anything. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. talking. So then it's like, well, I enjoy it. I don't know what yeah. you're gonna. I don't know what, what they're necessarily gonna bring to the table. Because Kanye's when I he's on he's on that when I feel like it. I could give you some good music. Like look at Jesus. He gives us all types of sh- just craziness, and then he gives us bound too. But see, I'd um, rather I'd rather him know. do that by himself. Like yeah. I'd rather I, I'll rap when I want to rap, mm-hmm. not when I want to rap when I rap, and I'm gonna do it with another person. Because now you're bringing, regardless how you feel about Drake, now you're bringing him into the mix, and that's either going deter or. Mm-hmm. Heighten and and another reason why I, another reason why I don't want how I'm kind of hesitant I don't want Drake versus Kanye is because of the Drake's fans because they're gonna be like oh Kanye's washed his album didn't sell that well so he's gonna get Drake and he's gonna make him relevant again and da 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 now talk about your little rant last night what happened on Facebook last uh, night which when you lost your damn mind there's a, I guess there's a misunderstanding. No, he's just I'll a fucking him, I'll, give no, the, I'll give him the benefit. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. No, no, he's a fucking what happened? idiot. What happened? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I've had music conversations with him. He's a fucking idiot, bro. But he's admitted that he is a Drake stan. So there's teetering going along what the lines, was said? and basically what was said was he posted a screenshot of them announcing that they were going to do the album, or whatever. Uh-huh. And his, his, I guess he was aimed more at Drake haters. Where it was like, I wonder how you guys are going to try to spin this now. And somebody went on and commented, and he was just like, it might be good for him, seeing as how Kanye paved the way for him and opened that lane. And his response was, I don't see how anybody could see that Kanye paved the way for Drake. He sounds nothing like that. So far, God, so far, God sounds nothing like 808s. And then all hell broke loose after uh, that. Like, I read it, and I lost it, and I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> He's, there's... He's. It's in words. He said that they took the album. Him and Forty took the album, and no. they used it as the blueprint. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. And mm-hmm. and then it it just it kept going on from there to the point where everybody started chiming in themselves, mm-hmm. including and me. I call he, him stupid yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, he jumped in. You know how Busby gets. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all know me. Like I said, I give the benefit <laughs> of the doubt because I've had conversations with him, but it's skewed because he has admitted that. In but he ways, represents he, no he represents design. that Drake fan. That's that's exactly what a Drake fan is. They he, Drake can do no wrong. In and what, his what, eyes, what made it what made eyes. it even what made it even more funny was that he had said Well to say that Kanye is the reason for Drake's success, I'm not gonna buy that. What? And then somebody screenshot what Drake had said, I guess, on stage last night at Oreo mm-hmm. Fest, where he stand next to Kanye and he said, "This is the man. He's the reason why I'm on stage right now." Oh my god! So then I post and I'll go. That just explains your standism. Like you're saying something one thing, but the guy you're defending is Same saying something happens. completely right. opposite. So that's where your standism comes into play. Like yeah. it has nothing to do with. Like I said, he said that he mixed up what old boy was trying to say. At so. the end of the day, he's a fucking idiot. That's, that's, he's a fucking idiot. I don't know, I don't even know why I got resorted to it, because that's what a Drake fan is. So, yeah, at the end of the day, Drake and Kanye, I don't know if it was going to happen, but, but 
When that happened, something else happened last night. Because we might as well just devour into this since we're talking about Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is going to make his triumphant return oh. on Friday. Whoa. Supposedly. Allegedly. It, it, was, it happened overnight, too. Because I was just, you know, on social media, kind of pissing people off, as I usually do, with my opinion. And all of a sudden, I, someone just posted his website, boysdon'tcry.com, and it showed a stream. It was just a regular stream. Had the Apple Music shit. And you just see an empty room with tables and shit. And... Everyone was like, what the fuck? And pretty much, because everyone was losing their damn mind, because Frank Ocean hasn't dropped an album since when? 2012. 2012? So it's been 13, four years. Four years since Channel Orange. Holy shit. The one thing he's dropped, he's dropped like two, I wouldn't even call them big time records. They were just, they dropped and everybody flocks to it. It was the leftover track from the Django soundtrack. Yeah, that one. And then. His feature on Beyonce's album. Well, okay, Super so that, that one, and then the last one is the, one of the greatest covers I've ever heard anybody do, which mm-hmm. was the At Your Best. Mm-hmm. At Your Best actually made me forget about Aaliyah's version mm-hmm. for a little moment. Mm-hmm. That's how well he did it. I was like, oh my god. So, we're long overdue. <laughs> I mean, and fans are losing their damn minds on we're social, long overdue. social media, losing their mind like, oh, he's lying to me. He said he was going to drop the album. He, he, never, he, say he never said nothing. Y'all just assumed shit. Y'all always kept assuming. And the way they keep talking, they just keep saying, like, oh, like, they keep talking about how they want Frank Ocean to drop an album. Shit, even Adele, the highest-selling female artist, like, damn near of all time, is asking, where the fuck is Frank Ocean? If you are complaining about having to wait for this album, you better be screenshotting some receipts that you bought this album. You feel me? You better freaking buy it. He better go triple diamond. So what was that stream that you sent me? Because I waited for a little bit. And that was nothing. it. <laughs> that was no, but then like I, I think probably right now because he randomly just pops up. You see him building something. He has like some wood and shit, and he's just oh, that, that album cover. That, Oh, so he was building something. He's so building he, he something. He showed up in that, that he's, live and, stream. Yeah, he showed up. Well, no. we don't know if it's him because it's hella far away. But oh. he's he's building. <laughs> Somebody is building something, and then he just walks the off for hours. Here's, and it's it's here's perfect. My, here's my theory on what happened because Busby sent it to me at like almost one in the because morning. Because that's what it popped up. Yeah. It popped and, up at yeah. one in the morning, and I woke up and I like looked at it, and I was like, okay, so I'm like going to sleep. But then as I'm trying to go back to sleep, I'm like. I looked at the link again, and it wasn't like a short link to go to like an Apple Music page or title. Uh-huh. It was like the Boys Don't Cry dot co. And so I'm, I'm as I'm going back to sleep, I'm like, well, wait a minute, artists don't just put out those kind of links anymore because we have these streaming services. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'll, I'll wait for it. In, if it, if this is the album, cool, I'll get it in the morning. So I woke up and got ready. I had breakfast, and I came back upstairs after I got done setting up. And then I went to the computer and did it, and I saw the the live stream, and I just started laughing. I was like, "That's the greatest marketing genius ever." I was like, "I guarantee, I, was thinking, I guarantee he probably did this last week." Yeah. And then he just filmed everything, and then I was like, "He's probably rebuilding what'll possibly be the album cover." Yeah. He's probably just gonna reset it up. Because I thought he gonna was be. gonna come out and start performing or something like that, you know, performing tracks from the album, and then it was just gonna the Apple link was just gonna be there or whatever, but. You know, I'm just, you know, because Frank Ocean, he's still, he like, he's the one that got me into art. So did he say he's come? it's, the release date is Friday? Did well, that's what, that, what, that's what all news reports, like New York Post is saying it, uh-huh. everyone is saying, if New York Post says it, not no legit. damn, not no damn bloggers or, you know, assumptions, it's legit. So Friday, he is, a, like, Apple Music doesn't even know, so they're going to find out. You want to know the irony about this whole situation? Uh. Is I actually found out about Frank Ocean because it was a part of, uh... When Joe Budden used the Novocaine beat, 
mm. to rap about the breakup with Tahiri. Oh, I was yeah. like, that beats hard. Like, who did that? And yeah. I went researching. I was like, oh, it's a song from this guy Frank I've been hearing about. Uh-huh. So I went and listened, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is amazing. Found, and that's how I became a Frank Ocean fan. I found out. Shout out to Joe Budden. So I guess he's not as irrelevant as people, people. I say he is. I found out about Frank Ocean on a message board because I remember I saw he was part of Odd Future and I just remember like when I saw him on the Tonight Show I'm like these niggas that was the first time I've ever seen Odd Future I'm like these niggas crazy I ain't gonna listen to this shit and I was seeing how they always did that demonic shit and I was like yeah, I'm good off that I didn't really listen to it and then I was looking on message board and I'm going like yo Frank Ocean from Odd Future did he have, he dropped the best R&B project mixtape ever and I was like huh R&B so then I went and listened to it and I was just like this is this is the music right. they make. Yeah. Oh. Right. So then after I, I after I listened to that, I went back and listened to Bastard from Ty, Tyler the Creator, then Earl, and I'm like, okay, they're not all like that. It was just a gimmick, and then that's when I kind of became an Odd Feature fan, but I was yeah. more of a Frank Ocean fan and shit. And then and yeah, didn't Channel Orange drop the same year as Watch the Throne, or was that last no, year? No, it was the the year after. It was the year after. Nostalgia Ultra dropped when yeah. Watch the Throne dropped. Yeah. The thing it was was when I went and did because I. If I like an artist, I go back and I do full-fledged research all the way down to birth name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in going and finding out and learning about his history, um, he was supposed to... The label wanted him to come out like a... Uh, a regular R&B a artist. Chris Brown, Trey Songz type mm-hmm. of artist. And so, a lot of that... Uh, there was it the Lenny, the Lonnie... The, the Lonnie... Uh, Lux collection. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those songs... Sound like generic R&B. I have that shit too. Yeah. And um, James Fauntleroy, who's uh, in the Wise production group with Timberlake and um, one of the other cats, um, he pretty much, I don't want to say he served as an A&R because James Fauntleroy is still an artist himself, but he kind of like took Frank under his wing and, you know, just was giving him some game, soaking it up. Mm. And so James Fauntleroy played a, a key role in basically him just saying like, do you don't, mm-hmm. don't worry about this like you, you got to do you because at the end of the day it's you who has to look yourself in the mirror not anybody else pretty like, much they can mold you however they want but they, when they go back they're looking at themselves they're not looking at you you're the one that has to live with this and so mm-hmm. what happened was def jam he was having that struggle mm-hmm. and he got fed up and so by fluke he ended up meeting with tyler and Tyler's like, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> just join our future, man. You know, be cool as fuck, man. Like a crackhead, fucking awesome. Terrence Howard. That's yeah, how you sound awesome, like. awesome, man. <laughs> and so yeah, they like that's pretty like that's how uh, Nostalgia Ultra came out under Odd Future was that he got so fed up with Def Jam, he was like, yeah, well, screw it. If they have, they shit. gonna let me hang out with them, like. And he just recorded his own. He just yeah. recorded it. Yeah. I remember he told the story. And then Def Jam wrote that way. They realized Whoa. what they were doing. No. Those years was like they nah, when Jay Z when so Jay Z and Beyonce heard that album that mixtape and they said like Beyonce said we were just driving in Brooklyn and I just heard it and me and ho- me and my husband listened to it. So after that we called him up, got him in the studio and wow. yeah, got him on Watch the Throne and that's wrote when for Def Beyonce. Jam realized like yeah, but what cut what we were doing? Which album you, did you do you consider Nostalgia Ultra or Channel Orange? Channel Orange. Channel Orange, mm-hmm. really? You're the first person here. What about you? Mm-hmm. Channel Orange. You did a poll, right? Yeah, I did a what poll was, on Twitter. It? it was 50 50. Yeah, I only had it up for an hour because I would forget about it for 24 hours. I, it was right now, it was, it was literally tied 50 50. So I'm kind of in between there because I love both of them. I remember when Channel yeah. Orange dropped. Because I think the, what drove it more is people were saying, oh, he's gay. And uh, you know he's bi. Okay, here's okay, man. Let let me let me clear this up right now. Ah uh, shit. Because one of my favorite R and B singers, Luther was Vandross. Gay. Luther Vandross. 
Let me explain this right now. You liking an artist, whatever their sexuality is, has no reflection on you as a person and what your sexuality is. If anything, when it was revealed that Luther was gay, it made me appreciate him as an artist even more because I looked at it and you do realize throughout his whole career, he never referred to his lover as woman, she, or anything like that. Yet he's responsible for all these kids being born, Mm -hmm. most likely me. Um, all of us, yeah, maybe being, yeah, being brought into the world. So when you have that kind of powerful music, where it doesn't matter if the the love being shared is between man and woman, woman and woman, man and man. When you have that kind of music, mm-hmm. that's something special. Like that that can never be taken away from you. That's a true artist mm-hmm. that shit that has a cool. concrete legacy. So. Yeah. When he when he came out and he said, "Yeah, my first I, my first love was a dude with the with the man," I was like, "Okay, that's what I said too." I was All like, right, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. It was man. the backlash that came around on social no, media. No, that was I'm the like, shit that pissed me off the most. How motherfuckers were going like, "Oh, I'm going to delete his music yeah. now." I'm going, you know, just one dude that got all fucking talking about how the. Uh, what's it called? How gay the gay propagandists try to fuck up the black male or some bullshit like that? He looked like a fruitcake. His damn self. They turn into Riley Freeman, <laughs> pretty much. And then they and then those same fans on Young Thug fans. Funny how that shit goes. Yeah, but so wh- when that yeah when he said that, I commended him. Mm-hmm. You no, know, there's a lot of artists that will hide that mm-hmm. to sell some records. So clearly, I know that I was right and trusting my gut that you are an artist that is about his craft mm-hmm. you don't care about sales and then yeah so then it stirs up and then channel orange dropped and then that went as silent as i can remember i don't remember anybody bringing that up anymore of course but yeah. some people were just going like they just said like it's not it's not really a classic it's not that good and when i could go back and listen to it i'm like this shit is like amazing pretty much just do i consider how do i consider the nostalgia ultra mm, I, I like them both it's pretty even like i, I like nostalgia ultra but channel orange really so I probably you know how I played Butterfly probably like two weeks mm-hmm. straight. I ain't listen to anything else. Mm-hmm. I think it was the same thing with Channel One. No, the same thing. I was in because I was in uh, I was in summer school. <laughs> I was summer school um, <laughs> taking um, taking a video class, uh-huh. and then um, I was at CCSF. So then I was still on staff with them from the football team, and so we would have practice afterwards. All throughout before class, even during class, when the classes were kind of you know. Mm-hmm. They called for some free time, and they're going to practice. I had it playing the whole time, and it matched everything I was doing. Pretty much, like, like there were some good themes. Yeah, Channel Orange. It was like a, it's a summer album. It's a really summer. Yeah. Now with this album, Boys Don't Cry, whatever he's going to call it. What do y'all expect? Greatness. I don't. I'm not going in there with any expectations of it sounding like out Ultra or Channel Orange. Or Channel Orange. I'm just expecting. So it's been there. it's been how five years, right? Four years. Four years. I remember I was talking to my boy Yo from DJ Booth, and we were just talking about it. And we were just like, Yo, what if this shit's a fucking rap album? <laughs> a rap album, he said? He said, what if it's just like a full-fledged like rap album about the whole shit and just fucks everyone's minds up? <laughs> that would be the ultimate. Chris Brown did it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he had beef with Chris Brown, too. Frank Ocean. That was probably the most... Random. Random, funniest, passive-aggressive... And he slapped him, ...issue too. I've ever <laughs> seen start. For those that don't know or oh, don't remember... Oh, we all remember. Well, just oh. for those that don't, Chris took to Twitter... And he gave uh, Frank a compliment. Uh-huh. And this is when Frank still had Twitter. Yeah. He still does. He just deleted all his tweets. So he tweeted, 
I love or I like or I love uh, Frank Ocean's music. He reminds me of James Fauntleroy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Frank, Frank got Ocean. on Twitter and said, "I love Chris Brown." <laughs> He reminds me of Ike Turner, a young Ike Turner. And this was right fresh off of the 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 Rihanna incident. And then I remember they got into a fight at that studio and shit like that. And And then they were driving around. For whatever reason, Chris was driving around L.A. No, no, it was his cousins. His cousins. You want to get that fade, though? Yeah, they found Frank and uh, and Taco and a few other, the uh, the Off Future crew. And they got to find the street. And then Frank went to Twitter, Tumblr, and he was like, yeah, all right, whatever. And then he won the Grammy, and he walked in front of Chris. And Chris Brown, everyone, everyone was standing up <laughs> clapping for him, and Chris Brown was just the only one sitting there, kind of giving him a light clap. Oh, petty ass! Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the funniest. Uh, yeah, one so, of the funniest start to an issue I've seen in recent memory. Yeah, so should we talk about our top albums of that year when Watch the Throne yeah, dropped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, when that album dropped, there was so. Oh, you got to go now. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh, she got called to work. That's right. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Sweet Ivana, mama has to go. Yeah, she has. She lives. She she's a trooper though. Yeah. So God bless you. Yeah, God bless y'all. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> tell, tell the people bye. 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 Bye guys. See you next week. Toodles. <laughs> yeah, indeed. See you later. Oh, what the hell are you? Your stuff is right over on the couch. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah! See if you well, want on social media, my... this would never happen. You see, <laughs> this is going on live, people. This is going on hella live. So me and JC can just talk our shit now. <laughs> All right, catch you later. Mm-hmm. If I don't see you next week, I'll see you the week after. Why? What are you doing next week? Because well, I don't know. If we have practice on Tuesday. Oh, okay. So I don't know if I'm coming down. Yeah, it's live, people. Toodles. You getting the real. You're going to hear the door slam, too. You're going to hear the door slam, too. <laughs> Motherfucker. You're going to get out of my house? Get out of my house! Nigga. Shout out to you, Vaughn. Okay. She's a real trooper driving all the way from damn Hercules. Hercules, man. Hercules, Hercules from San Jose. Now it's just the niggas now. <laughs> okay, now we're almost done, though. But um, So, top albums of 2011. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to do mine first. Yeah, go ahead. So, in 2000... Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> 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 you can do yours first. All right. Um. Oh, here you go. Nope. Shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah. 2011. What were the albums that that stayed on my rotation? It was the Bad Meets Evil EP with Eminem and Royce because that was because as an M fan, that was the album that I wanted from them for like it was an EP, but it was the album I wanted more than anything from them. Okay. So it was that. Then are we talking albums? Or are we talking hip hop? You could just. Give me 10 of your favorite projects. 21, Adele. Okay. 21 drop. You know, that showed qu- triple, quadruple, platinum status. And it was the same year where the trilogy dropped with The Weeknd. Mm-hmm. When House of... Because Bl- yep. Nostalgia Ultra, because Frank yep. Ocean and F- Weeknd came out like pretty much the same time and shit like yep. that. You know? And see what else dropped that. Day. Oh, yeah. And I know people are not going to like this, but Sideline Story dropped that same year for J. Cole. Mm-hmm. And people were disappointed. I'm like, I'm like the only minority there that really does not mind sideline story. I enjoy sideline story. Um, what does it drop? Common. What was common shit called? Uh, Dreamer believer. Dreamer believer. That was my. That was another one too. Also, it was that was when Childish Gambino dropped with Camp. You know, that was like his first official like album album. Mm-hmm. 
and Take Care dropped that same year. Yep. <laughs> Take Care. There was people consider that to be Aubrey's quote unquote only classic. And what is it? Danny Brown Triple X dropped that same year. Mm-hmm. And Undone with the Roots. That was a good one. And yeah, that was, and then of course Watch the Throne, which I still consider to be the album of the year, the of that year that nothing can compare compare it to. So there's that. Yeah, mine was uh, my favorite album. Talk. My favorite album that was uh, Section Eighty. Oh yeah, Section Eighty. Mhm. I just got familiar with the uh, Kendrick the year before on Overly Dedicated, um, because J Cole shouted it out. So I was still getting familiar with uh, with Kendrick. And then Section 80 dropped, and, like, I remember saying after my first listen, um, he's going to be something special. And then... Like he had all the tools to be, well, we know what happened. We all know the story. We <laughs> yeah. don't have to say it. Well, yeah. So, Section 80 was my favorite album of 2011. Okay. Um, as far as everything else, it's just, we're just doing a rundown. Um, mm. Undone. I love Undone. Mm-hmm. Great concept album where they did everything backwards so they told the story from the time and they did a video app for that shit too right yeah they did four videos yeah okay. and each video went back went back further in the time as man i the roots black thought as an mc is so underrated and he rarely gets brought up unless you're in like the biggest of hip-hop circles mm-hmm. but that album did it for me like that was a great album yeah um of course nostalgia ultra um, take care. Mm. I was very excited for take care when it dropped. Still, it was still it's, it's, it still holds up, but you know, yeah. Mm. Um, sideline story. Even though sideline story, uh, a good portion of the songs on sideline story had already dropped, whether it that year or even earlier before then, I still enjoyed it. It was a good listen. Mm-hmm. Um, Marsha and Brocious had an album. Uh, I think that was a debut, late nights and early morning. Oh yeah, yeah I rocked with that. Um, Killer Mike had Pledge out. Remember that? I still rock with that album. I love that album. That the dopest balance between street music and like politically and social aware concepts. It was awesome. Um, of course, Watch the Throne. Uh, so, which album did you consider to be like what? Which one? Do you feel was the album of 2011? Personally, or what do you feel like everyone else felt was the album of the year to you? You said it was Undone, right? No, I said Section 80. Section 80, okay. Mm-hmm. But when, it, when it's considered to everybody, it, what, what do you think it was? I feel like when people look back on it now, mm-hmm. it's either Watch, Watch the, the Throne or Section 80. No Take Care, huh? Well, you gotta understand with Take Care, as for as much praise as it got mm-hmm. it was never put in the same categories as watch the throne never was yeah and no. even though section 80 like a lot of people still were new on kendrick or didn't know about kendrick at that time like critics were still section 80 got a higher rating than take care and kendrick was on take care and he yeah and so you know what i noticed about when it comes to drake again i think i talked about this drake has never had the definitive album of the year of that of his year no take care is his closest one and it's a Great but album. it never had to defend it. Like when we look back at those years, like when Thank Me Later dropped, that's when My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy yeah. and Eminem's Recovery dropped. When everyone thinks about that year, everyone mainly thinks about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. When Take Care dropped, that's when Watch the Throne dropped. Yeah. Because, you know, look at us talking about Watch the Throne now. 
We might do it. We might do a podcast talking about take care. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And then um, to finish out this list, uh, yeah. ambition of who? Ambition. Wale. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I played that front. To that back. was. I think that's I his classic. I closed out the year with that and um and undone. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Oh, was... and then uh, Thug Motivation One Hundred Three. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I wasn't really. A Jeezy I'm a fan big Jeezy like fan. I'm a big Jeezy fan. I'm a big Gucci fan, which is funny considering the history. But I love that. Um, I think that's ten. I don't know if that's ten. If it's not, fuck it. The the ashes, the ashes. Rick Ross tape. Oh wow, you taking it back? Yeah, when he first introduced uh, Wale and uh, Meek to the label and Pill and Pill. <laughs> yeah, what happened to Pill? He wasn't officially signed to them. But what happened to him? He wanted to do his own thing. Is he still... Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, if I ask him um, whatever happened, then there you go. I'm still conflicted with the Red Album with Gang. That album was half... It started out when so it, after the e forty After the yeah. E-42 shirt shit, that's when it kind of just... Yeah. You know, he just went on and I don't give a damn about the Carter Four. That didn't care. Oh, that did, oh, I don't. That care don't even count. A, I don't, care I don't if even count that. The I first week. No, I don't no, care. that 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 did not, did not sell a million. No, no, that did not sell a million copies. Birdman bought that. Everyone knows and that. And then that's when T. So 2011 is when everybody from TDE dropped. So Absol had long term mentality, habits and contradictions. No, and no, no, setbacks. Habits and setbacks. My, I want to keep saying yeah, setbacks. What, whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. It was setbacks. And J Rock didn't. And J Rock dropped uh, "Follow Me Home." Oh, when he was with Strange Music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All four of them dropped that year. Hmm. That's when. So yeah, I was. So I was still learning about Kendrick, and then I realized all of them. Then that's when I realized that I had already heard Kendrick from uh, the Game mixtapes when he was uh, K Dot. Mm. That's when I put two and two together. True. And so, yeah, so those four, and then I'm, I know I'm missing one more. And you just like almost 20, bro. You said 10. Yeah, but I'm, t- I'm like, I'm trying to like fill out. But when we, when we look back at 2011, like it was, it was a pretty monumental year yeah. that year. Uh, Very it was, monumental. It was great whether it was mainstream. And, oh, and, Return of Forever. Mm-hmm. I knew I was forgetting somebody. Shout out to Crit. Yep. So on that aspect, we, we have, we're, we're opening up a new segment. Of the Illogical Sense podcast. And we got two segments. It's going to be Stupid Motherfucker of the Week. Yeah. And since you know who this stupid motherfucker is this week, I'll let you take control. Yeah, so was it yesterday or? It was it was a few Today's days ago. Tuesday, right? So yes, no, Sunday. Mm-hmm. I woke up and getting out of bed. I'm checking all my messages. And... um Brandon's in his bed next to mine. His roommate, by the way. Yeah, because we're at Rosak Camp. So Brandon's in his bed next to mine. And he's going through and he like chuckles. And he looks at me and he goes, shut up, don't say anything. And I didn't get on social media yet. Like, I'm, when I'm saying I'm checking my messages, I'm checking like my text messages and everything. So I look at him and I go, what? He goes, just don't say anything. You're going to find it. Shut up. And I was like, what? So then I went through. I thought it was something else that had to do with us. Mm-hmm. So I was like. Wait a minute. So I went and I checked it. I couldn't find anything. And so then when he said it again, yeah, just leave us alone. That's when I realized he wasn't talking about us as the team. He was talking about the Warriors. <laughs> so then, so I was like, oh. So then I went and I searched Warriors on Twitter and I couldn't find anything. Uh-huh. So now I'm like, okay, now like really what's about? So I actually went on Bleacher Report, looked through Warriors page and I still couldn't find anything. And then I was like, nah, man, what's going on for real? So I went through on Twitter one more time. Scrolled down, and when I refreshed, the first one was 
come on, Draymond Green, you can't be going out like that. And I go, oh. And I went and I searched, and that's when I found out. I'm glad I didn't see it. I I'm just glad found I out. didn't see it. Draymond Green stuck his nuts all over Snapchat. All over Snapchat, on his story. Like, how did you mess that? Man. Scrotum and schlong all together. All on it. And then he had the nerve to say he was hacked. I was hacked, and then two hours later came out and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, who the hell would hack you? Who the hell? You tell me one of your teammates would go up to you and take a picture of your... <laughs> you stupid motherfucker. Bro, Draymond Green, dog. It's amazing what happens when you blow a 3-1 lead after going 73-9. and This man done put his stuff all over Snapchat. He done got a Michigan State player kicked out off the team, and when he made him transfer to a different school for slapping them, dude. When is it gonna stop, man? And you know the thing is, I'm not. It's so perfect that the guy who swings at people's nuts is the one who got caught up in this kind of situation. Mm, well, shit. it makes sense. Shit. Well, Draymond Green, you are a stupid motherfucker of the illogical sense podcast, <laughs> and we got another segment. Called the whole ass nigga week, whole ass nigga of the week, and you know who's gonna be the whole ass nigga of the week? I I'm gonna make. I was just making guess. It? Who do you think it is? I've been so out of the loop like the past week because I just come on. So- we talked about it. You don't even know who it is. Oh, uh, come on. We all know <laughs> if you. It, I forgot what happened. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's gonna be Aubrey Drake. Graham, yeah, use a whole ass nigga. No matter how many records you sold, how many times you won the <laughs> Billboard chart, you are a whole ass nigga. I don't understand this. Don't you ever in your life? What what made you even think in your life that you had to send another man a DM on Instagram? Like really, really? I don't get it. I don't understand that concept. Joe Budden was sending you bars, and what did you send him a DM? And quite, like pretty much, you pretty much were taunting him, and you were trying to tell him, "Oh, I want, I'm going to invite you to my um, concert, Madison, my sold out concert at Madison Square Garden, and I want you to bring anybody that you want, and you know, and if you release almost 25 diss tracks, hey, I'll pay you 10 grand. What? <laughs> See, I shout out to Joe Button <laughs> for keeping this cool, because that was any other rapper, they would have found Drake and slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> I mean, it could still happen. I mean, Joe Budden just dropped another <laughs> podcast right now while I'm recording, so he probably talked about it. If I go on social media, he probably said some other shit, probably laid a gauntlet down for Aubrey, but, you know, it is what it is, man. Dr- like, Drake is just... I don't know about him. Y'all keep giving him all these passes and all this other shit because he sold all these damn records. You have biased fucking fan bases. You have biased everything when it comes to that dude. I just don't get it. I honestly don't get it. Because I'm telling you, one day his time's going to come. He's going to get slapped. Something's going to happen to him where it's just going to be... It's going to be non-negotiable, non-debatable. You know what's really funny to me? Mm. Is that... When he so when he uh, okay now I do remember the conversation we were having mm. because we had that conversation on what it was the one year anniversary from back to back right yes okay ah oh, yeah. what I find so funny mm-hmm. about the fan base is that when back to back dropped and he was rapping and he was dissing Meek for taking too long to rap taking four di- four days for being involved with a woman whose net worth is probably a lot more than his mm-hmm. and you know. He's bragging about stuff he doesn't do. We're mm-hmm. in a full calendar year later, and Drake stands have pretty much allowed being Meek Mill to be cool. Mm-hmm. If as long as it fits Drake, yes, like as long as Drake can do what Meek Mill did, it's, it's cool. okay. And then they keep people keep coming up with all these excuses. And I have, I have actually have, it. I actually have proof here. 
and the actual back-to-back lyrics. I mean, just, just the, I'm going to say irony. Every time you say a line, I'm going to say irony. I'm not the type of nigga that'll type to niggas. Irony. And shout out to all my boss bitches, wife and niggas. Irony, because he brought Rihanna out at fucking OVO Fest. Make sure you hit him with the prenup, then tell that man to ease up. Irony. I did another one and, and another then, one. And you still ain't did shit about the other one. Irony. I mean, we could go. I can't listen to back to back the same way. I honestly, I don't even know how he can freaking. I don't know how he could perform that. I mean, at the end of the day, Drake, as of this week, you are a whole ass nigga. And that will be this week's episode of the Illogical Sense Podcast. Speaking for Ivana Mama, this is Busby. JC. And we'll see you black asses next week. I'm calling everyone black. Peace. Later.